1: Welcome to Light Years, Andy Lou. you are back. You know, I it, it felt like I was 24 again. Just was in LA, way too much, way too much alcohol. Things are opened up in Koreatown, Sam. It's a great time. You know, I'm happy things are back-ish. I'm happy people are happy. I'm not happy the Warriors are, are out, but you know, we're back. Me and you, we're back. We're a 12-month-a-year show. Um,
2: <laughs> unlike... The Warriors, we're always chasing downloads. We're always chasing the wins. There's none of this. Uh, that's not what this year is about on this show. Uh, we just opened a merch store. We want to pair. I want, you guys should check that out. We got three shirts in there. Uh, in the next week or two, we're expecting to get hats and some other stuff up there. We're hoping to have it updated going forward. Bear with us on the early stuff, but you can order shirts. There's Steph Better shirts. There's official Lightyear shirts.
1: Um. We also have uh, a few to give away. We know that we asked people to give us reviews. We would pick one or two to give out a shirt. We did not forget. Sam and I did not forget. So we are still going to get those out there to you. We appreciate the review. We appreciate you subscribing and the five stars and all, sticking with us this season. So. Just,
2: so, just so people are aware, we've partnered with a site called Power Forward. Um, who makes the t shirts and we're still kind of getting the processes in place so we're hopeful we can get some some free shirts in the next week or two which we're going to give away to loyal listeners uh in the meantime you are able to go on there and order shirts if you if you want to get one they do ship uh there is a customer service email if you have any issues power forward uh is a site. That will kind of run all the customer service side of it. So you don't have to deal with. Uh, so Andy and I, quite frankly, don't have to be printing T-shirts. <laughs> but with that said, with that said, and someone said we need to get some with that said bumper stickers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or keep it moving. With that said, keep it moving. See, we got to We got to license some of your stuff. <laughs> also, by the way, one more, a uh, couple more, couple more things. One more is a uh, locker room. We're doing locker room. We're still doing it. Thursday.
2: 4 p.m. Before the games start on Thursday, we're going to try to do an early one, see how that goes. Then we'll see how we want to do it going forward. We will be doing them all through the playoffs, but Thursday, yes. 4 p.m. If you can't make it because you have work or whatever, it'll be up in pod the next morning, like always. All right. All right. All right let's get the show started, baby. Um. So the Warriors had a press conference on Monday. One could say uh, it was to kind of address the season. And I thought it was pretty interesting, Andy. I thought uh,
1: Bob Myers had some interesting things to say. You know, Bob Myers reminds me a little bit of John Lynch. He's a likable guy. People, people genuinely like him. He doesn't get much kind of flack. I think a lot of people blame him for some of the stuff that are, that, that the moves that aren't made, but I think smart people kind of know it wasn't really his fault. Um, I, I like how honest he is. That's the comp. With John Lynch. I just like how genuinely real he is. And we're going to go through all the quotes here. Um, it seemed like Bob Myers listens to Samus Fendiari and Andy Liu on the Light Years. Podcast. It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. My big takeaway was he basically
2: said everything that we and uh, the listeners have been saying all year. Correct. Not enough shooting, not enough playmaking. St- needs someone to take stuff off of staff clay's not cool. going to
1: solve this right clay's Clay not
2: going to solve this, this. Yep. and we can go down the line seemed like he was pretty honest with himself and now it's just a question of if they if they can do it or not
1: i have a i have a, a take that i think is is interesting when you talk about steve kerr and bob myers because they're they're best friends right they're, they're they're close buddies though when it comes to one topic with Ubre, it didn't seem the case so I will I I like that before so I don't know whether those guys are uh on the same on the same path there Sam with with Kelly Ubre. but I think overall with uh with some of the quotes it felt like Bob Myers is saying we we gotta we gotta try to win like Marcus Thompson wrote a piece on this we've been we've been talking about this ad nauseum you're gonna have to try to win next this season and uh do you cut him some slack, though, Sam? Because he said one thing that was noteworthy. Do you cut him some slack when he said, "Well, when Clay got hurt, a lot of these veterans didn't want to come," and so, yeah, so that's a, that's a great place to start. That's, um, yeah, I
2: I do cut him some slack on his inability to sign the Serge Ibaka, Nicholas Batum, uh, Blake Griffin, like all these type of guys. Like I do cut him some slack there. Where I don't cut them some slack is on the decisions they did make and kind of their inability to find more talent. I was talking with um, with someone about this, and they brought up a good point. You can cut the Warriors slack for not finding players from 15 to 19. They were in win-now mode. It's really hard to do both at the same thing. The fact that they've had two years not competing for a title – and all they have really have to show for it is Jordan Poole and maybe Juan Toscano-Anderson, that's kind of embarrassing. I think about the San Francisco Giants with that. I think about how until Farhan Zaidi finds a player he likes, he's shuffling the deck. He's making moves. He's going through the scrap heap, finding players, until he finds someone like uh, Mike Yastrzemski. Hey, this guy can play, right? Until he finds a guy. The Warriors, I don't think we're all that active in finding players. And I want to point out to maybe the Houston Rockets here. Houston Rockets could not have had a worse season in terms of like James Harden blowing it up before the season started. Guess how many players the Houston Rockets had on their roster this year? How many? 30. They cycled through it. But you know what? At the end of the year, they found like six separate players who could be pieces for them. They don't have core players, which is the problem. but like. I just feel like the Warriors between last year and even this year, they had opportunities to cycle through and maybe they could have found a couple more players to not have to enter this summer with such a daunting list of needs. Because when I look at their needs, it's
1: like five players long, which is the same as it was last. I I want to hone in on that, what you just said with the, the rotating number of players and what the Houston Rockets ended up with um, players like Michael Mulder. We don't, we're not going to talk smiley. He's not going to be back. Uh, But Michael Mulder, although he could have been someone you cut just to give someone else a shot. Thank you. That's exactly so right. Michael Mulder. uh, I don't know why I said Michael Mulder three times now. Uh, Nico Mannion, uh, Marquise. I feel okay. So maybe not Marquise, but you go down the list of all of these players, even Marquise Chris. They brought him in. They could have if honestly, if they let Marquise Chris go, what like what's really the pain? Like the guy's not contributing to like a playoff winning team. He was injured all year. And he was injured sitting on the, the roster for no reason. And I think that's where, that's where we're coming from. Gary Payton Jr., they pick up. Jordan Bell, they pick up. Like, those guys, you got to do that every week. You got to do that every week unless you have Zaza Pachulia, Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, where you're like, those guys are set. You cannot move those players, right? As far as I'm concerned, uh, you get those rosters, get them though. Get him out of there, right? Get right. him out of there. Pick someone up. Take a swing. Braden Bishop, Farns ID, picked up last week, whose Hunter Bishop was one of their top prospects' brother, which was like a cool story. Uh, Grant Bis- Brisby, friend of the show, wrote a huge article, and I was excited. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe he's going to be awesome. Cut. A week later, he's gone. Right. He's gone, they pick up a new guy, right? So same thing. You're talking about Houston Rockets, 30 players. They come in, they come out, they, they end come up, in, they they, come end out.
2: Up with, uh, they end up with
1: Jay Sean Tate. They end up with Kevin KPJ? Porter Jr. is K- K- yep. talented, by the way. Uh, you know, I don't blame them for not picking him up, though, like with the character sure. stuff. But the point is well taken, Sam. Like, it's well taken. you got to take swings on guys. You can't – like, Michael Mulder, I think, is the guy where it's like he played 20 minutes in the in the or loss, right? And I don't want to blame the kid. But he shouldn't have been on the team. Like more than maybe a month, right? You're, he comes in, he's cool, he's great. But really, honestly, if you pick someone up who you think is more upside, pick him up. Because you can find a Michael Mulder off the street any day of the week. You don't need him there all season. Take And, swings. It, and to me, it seems like they don't know what they want to do. You can even look at someone like Jordan
2: Poole who it took going down to the G League to figure out what they want to do. Teams that are able to bring players in and out in a, in a fast fashion have an idea of what they want to do with players. I'm not sure the Warriors have really honed in on that at this point, and that's what's a little frustrating. Actually, I want to take this – if you take this farther back, remember the Miami Heat before they got their stuff together? They were going – they were shuffling through players all the time trying to find guys to fit because until you have – until you are like the Brooklyn Nets. we got the Brooklyn Nets on the background. At this point, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorite to win the title. All they really need to do is find vets to go around their core guys and maybe do a little shuffling of the margins. Until you have that, you have to constantly be tinkering.
1: Now, I think I want to push back on that a little bit, just because um, they were waiting on Steph, they were waiting on Clay and Draymond, they were unsure whether those guys were healthy. Those guys have proved to be healthy and still great outside of Clay. So I think they now understand, and maybe this is th- this is still a not a great thing, but they now understand. And Bob Myers was saying. We just need ad vets. Like, we're not going to be able to develop or we're not going to be able to, to, to do, a, you know, figure out a Jay Sean Tate, right? We're not going to be able to figure out these guys. We're not going to figure out a developing the, some of these guys outside of kind of backing into Jordan Poole. Um, we're just going to figure out how to get Trevor Reason next season. Isn't like, that, I'm,
0: a, I'm okay with that,
1: though. I'm, I think it's awful. because it, and- it is for the next, like, after the next two years, right? But I think, like, for the step title window, I don't like it, Sam, but I'll live with it. I
2: don't think it. they have the a shot way. at a title Um, with f- just adding a couple of vets, like honestly, but Jay Sean but- Tate isn't
1: winning you a title that that's like, no, right. no, no, no. H- but H- it, it's, about it's about
2: hitting. It's about hitting. It's about taking shots for the off chance. You can actually find a guy who might be the next Draymond green. Like the warriors don't win a title without Draymond right. coming into a zone. And what right. was Draymond a player that took a shot on? So it's not just about the scrap heap, but it's about, it's about picks. It's about sometimes about cutting the cord quickly and calling a spade a spade. I mean, um, there are obvious differences between basketball and baseball. So I don't want to get too heavy into the baseball analogy, but one, one of my starkest takeaways from this team was just how inactive they were with a team that clearly didn't work. And that's kind of something that's going to bother me because it's like, it's okay to be inactive when you have a very veteran laden team and you're clearly like, your focus is more on getting them healthy not anything else it's another thing when it's like all right Steph's still one of the best players in the league might be the best player in the league um Clay is obviously still a core contributor Draymond's a core contributor beyond that you know it's is there anyone you really want to get married to I liked what Wiggins did this year but it's like you know my point is they have a lot of roster spots which are undetermined and they have they there was opportunity for them to make a few more moves to add a few more players. So maybe they enter next season with more than just Jordan Poole being a feel-good story.
1: I was going to say, you know, I'm trying to play the devil's advocate here. I'm with you. I think they backed up into Jordan Poole a little bit. And I think that's the guy like you talk about, you talk about that marginal piece that might help him win a title. He might be that guy JTA at a, at a, maybe a lower level, right? Cause next season he's probably not going to play as much as he did this season, but Jordan Poole, I think he could, could, could very well be that guy. Um, which is a good thing. I think Bob Myers was saying they didn't really know. And here's more honesty. He didn't really know that Jordan Poole was going to be that good. Frankly, I doubt Steve Kerr did too, right? And, and nobody did like those guys didn't know Draymond Green was going to be that good either. Um, So he's, he's probably that guy, right? So I mean, he's, he's running the second unit. I think there were quotes on him playing the second unit with Clay and Draymond. I think that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's like, I appreciate the honesty, but I'm, I still have
2: skepticism that they can execute it, I guess is what it comes down to. It's like, it's like, uh, you can say you need to do stuff, but can you actually pull it <laughs> off? So it's like, well, you know, we'll see. Um, I'm um, yeah, that's right. That's it's right. to be determined. Now, um, let's take it to one of the bigger topics of the press conference, James Wiseman. Bob Myers saying adamantly, he expects him to be on the team next year. We did get a piece of good news. They feel confident he'll be healthy for the beginning of training camp. So um, that means they're thinking September, he should be able to do full basketball activities, which is not the full six months, which is good, which is good, right? Like it was four to six months. That's probably five
1: months. So, you know, pretty good. Um, What'd you take from Bob saying that? Somebody posted a a link to him saying that they didn't sign d with the with the uh, thought of trading him. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, what else is is the, is Bobby supposed to say? Oh, Bobby! Oh, Bobby is supposed to come out here and say, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for, uh, we're looking for the best offer here, guys. You know, trade value stuff, all that That's fun true. stuff. Yeah. But if I were him, I mean, number one thing is you want to tell people. You want to tell people why it's going to be healthy. He did that. Uh, Number two, you still want people to believe that he's part of the future. He did that. Um, And I think that's, um, that's enough. I think that's, that's more than enough. I still don't think he's going to be on the team, but you don't want to, you don't want to tank that value um, of, of that player right now of that talent.
2: Yeah. That was my takeaway is uh, Bob is smooth. I don't think anything from that press conference, Uh, like it just doesn't mean anything. Like that Bob's going to say the same. Not the Wiseman
1: part, yeah. Not the Bob's
2: going to say the same thing whether they want to keep Wiseman or trade him. So there's no tell there, right? Like yeah, I yeah. personally think they're not going to trade him because I think the lakers probably overvalue Wiseman. Like I think there's the the offer has to be substantial for the lakers to go for it. Whereas maybe if Bob or Steve had autonomy, they might trade him for a little less. You know. So
1: just odds are he's probably on the roster next year. And now that depends on how they want to use him on the roster. Um, So you had Steve Kerr, I should say, you put a quote of Steve Kerr saying um, that he took a little blame for, you know, kind of how Wiseman was, uh, how he had uh, coached Wiseman, how he had tried to develop Wiseman. So the quote here is there are things that I could have done to make him more efficient, which, I mean, I'm I'm throwing my hands up. People can't see Shocker, bro. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> I'm just, I, so you, let me put two things together. Number one, you just said that Bob Myers can say a lot of stuff. Who knows whether that's going to be, whether he's going to do any of that or not. Same thing with Steve Kerr. He said a lot of the right things this season. He said a lot of the wrong things. He has never really ended up doing some of the right things outside of near the end of James Wiseman's season when they actually started running those pick and rolls. So I don't know. Do you take, what do you, ta- what do you think? Say, so what do you think of the, What do you think about those words from old Stevie? I'll
2: believe it when I see it. Um, (laughs) I hope they take this off season to do some deep thinking and take some real inventory of the organization, because what I saw Steve doing with Wiseman for three quarters of the season was assuming he could just coach him the same way he coached Bogut, Iguodala and like the players of the past. And it's like, this kid needs a lot more structure. The reason he's doing these dumb post-ups is because Steve Kerr wants him to make decisions. He's not ready to make decisions. He needs to be told dunk, shoot three. That's it. You know, simplify the role pop to the three point line and take the shot. We'll live with the fact of whether you make it or not. If you don't feel open, kick it to the man next to you, simplify the basketball. And then on the flip side, screen and roll hard to the rim and try to catch a lob. Like these are all like, You got to establish the basics and it seemed to me like they were trying to, they thought it was just going to click for him. And I'm like, you might destroy the kid's confidence before anything. He's so far away from being a player who has the ability to freelance and figure it out on the fly. He, He doesn't even know when to
1: take a COVID test. Like he missed a test twice. He's 19 years old. Like, do I am I mad at him that he missed the test? Yes. And do I cut him some slack? Yeah. Like, what do you like dude's a kid? Like, what do you want him to do? And 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 so I think, yeah, that just told me that, you know, they expect him to be a lot more than he was. You want him to come in and be Andre Godala and be David West. Like, good luck. Who's gonna be like that? LeBron James came in and wasn't like that, right? And LeBron James is probably one of the more mature guys coming in the NBA of ever, of all time. In terms, so in terms of his, yeah, in terms of hoops IQ, LeBron at eighteen was better than most players at like twenty-eight. So, yeah. it's <laughs> and like, like off the court too, though. Like, I'm talking about on and off the court, right? On and right. off the court. You're right, and he and and that was you're not expecting James Wiseman to come in and be that guy. Like, geez. So, I'm with you. I like the uh, deep thinking that they have to do. Maybe they got to go, you know, the team campfire, camp retreat, or something. You know, they need, they need a little bonding. Kirk, Kent, Steve, Bob, like. Figure it out, guys. Like, it's not. I think, I think Kirk, I think the Lakers, you're right. They value James Wiseman very highly. I don't think the Lakers value James Wiseman the way that Steve Kerr does. If it was up to, to Joe and, and, and team over there, I don't think they'd be running that offensive scheme with James Wiseman. I think, no, I think, I, I think Kirk, yeah, right? Kirk, Kirk said, I want this guy, if it's him, I want this guy, and I want him to play the modern basketball style. That's what I want. If I want LaMelo Bar, I want him to play this style. And Steve probably was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't care what you think. Right. And then he benched them. And then the lake of said, no, 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 you're not benching our guys." That's, my, that's where the, the stuff. comes. And that's from.
2: my other theme for the year, by the way, I want to talk about this and then we get to player grades. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, my biggest theme from this year was this was their first slap in the face that the NBA has evolved since 2016. Like they, the league shoots more threes than ever. It's more about skill than athleticism and size than ever the warriors never had to adapt from 2016 because they signed Kevin Durant their adaptation was we have more talent than you and we can play any way we want to to win but now they're in a situation where they don't have more talent and I just keep going to this point like the league is moving more towards skill than athleticism and there's a reason players like Oubre and Bazemore are available to you because those guys are all athleticism, but they don't have a lot of skill and IQ. They don't like, they don't do a lot of playmaking for others. They're not great shooters. They don't do the things that really matter anymore. And maybe five, six years ago, having a bunch of hyper-athletic wings locked in mattered defensively more than it does today. Today, they would have been better suited keeping Alec Burks who they let walk. Because Alec Burks can at least put the ball in the bucket and knows how to dribble without while well, keeping his head up, you know, like they might have been better suited with that. And that, those are subtle things that are probably different from the last time they had to really consider signing players.
1: I, I, I agree. I think part of that, too, is how much they value defense versus where defense is headed today in the NBA. They keep talking about we want a top five defense, top five defense. But end of the day, like your defense is really not unless unless you are a lock, lockdown defense. The Nets right. are about to win the title with just a miserable defense. Uh, and, and I don't know whether. but I'm saying like they look incredible right now. Right. And, but like they've got three stars, but they also don't really care about defense. And I think that the Warriors, I think you're better served to find players offensively that make more sense for you. They I have think, a 19th ranked offense, Sam, with I think the greatest season ever.
2: I think you're better suited finding skilled guys and teaching them to be competent defensively than finding physical specimens and trying to teach them to be skilled. I think that's my overall, like, I would rather have Alec Burks and try
1: to teach him how to be competent on defense than Kelly Oubre and teach him how to pass. (laughs) isn't that so your 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 comp there is kelly Oubre. isn't that kind of andrew wiggins too like they saw andrew wiggins's defensive potential and they coached that up and he's really good on defense but offensively he is what he is and we're gonna about do grades here in about 30 seconds but part of the great part of the reason you can't give him an a is because offensively he is who he is he's not going to be any better he's really not going to be any worse and that's just kind of who will be forever right there's no magical all right, he's going to be an efficient 22 points a game scorer now, and he'll come up big and like, we well, you're not getting that. And I also don't believe that the Warriors can coach that out of him, right? So I, I think you're I, right. Like they rather have the other side, which I don't know. And but even
2: if you think about it, who have been the Warriors' successful draft picks? Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, guys who are not imposing physical specimens but have a level of skill and IQ you cannot teach. Meanwhile, all their picks with like Jordan Bell, Damian Jones, all these guys who are like freak athletes, they never turn into players. They never turn into players. Like I think they need to prioritize picking someone who has skill and feel and bank on their ability to coach them up and instead of getting enamored with these physical tools. Because it's, it's, it's not working. This, this, this team they ran out this year was super athletic can't really shoot definitely not smart like they would have just been better
1: off with a little less athleticism but a little more like hoops acumen i think that that but i think there's a little uh, disconnect there between steve kerr coaching the team that he wants versus what the lake ups and what they want in a team so i think there's a little bit of disconnect there and real sports fans love fantasy sports but unfortunately most fantasy sports platforms don't show that same love back favoring the Sharks and professionals over the casual fans. Superdraft Fantasy Sports is here to change that narrative with their new single-game-featured Champion Mode Contest. Focus on drafting the players you know from the games that matter to you with no salary cap considerations when determining your lineup. Superdraft believes that the players, not the pros, deserve to win money and they have the highest player win percentage.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Manage in DFS to prove it. Sign up with SuperDraft today, start playing and win big. New players can use the code better Upon sign up and receive a $25 instant match on your first deposit. Also, don't miss out on their free-to-play sportsbook available in all 50 states to win prizes from a VIP stay at a Caesars Hotel property to a PlayStation 5. SuperDraft is available on both iOS and Android devices. Promo code Better. Look,
2: no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers, sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month look there's a straightforward way to take care of your ed get roman.com slash lightyears. get started now to save 15 dollars off your first month of treatment
1: um but we got to get the player grades we'll get the player grades um okay right now let's do it um
2: all right we're gonna start with should we start on the front office oh Let's throw me first. I was ready to go. Okay. 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 Let's start on, let's start, let's start macro and management, then move down to the players. Um, we've, we, since we've mostly talked about the front office, so I'm going to throw in Bob and the Lakers here. And it's important to remember it's both because Bob does not have autonomy without Lakers sign off in the way that other GMs do. What do you, what great do you give
1: him? Uh, can you give him any? So, like a C plus probably. I think I, you can't give them an F because clay was out. I think you just, you can't fail him. It's just, they get that built in excuse. And I think that's fair. Actually, you know what? I'll give them like a C minus. They're willing to spend money. So if you're throwing in the lake ups, they're willing to spend money um, on Kelly Oubre. The other side is they're not willing to spend money versus Like the DPE, right. They're not willing to make some or, of those moves.
2: Or do they spend smartly? James Dolan spends money. <sighs>
1: I, I will hesitate to come stole it. That was but mean. that was good, but that don't was good. That. Um, that was good. That was good. Um, so I, I changed my mind kind of midway. I was waffling between a d a d plus and a c minus. I'll go with a C minus just because I do feel like they came in with relatively good intentions. I think the problem with this front office and Bob is that are those, like you said, are those good intentions backed by uh, smart decisions? And I don't know if that's the case. Uh, we also don't know, because I think part of the big grade on this is James Wiseman, right? We also don't know if, did the Lakers want LaMelo? Did they want Wiseman? What did Steve Kerr want? What did Bob want? I don't know if they were aligned on that. I'll give them a C-minus, Sam, because I did feel like they came into the season, they did want to spend money. It kind of all fell apart because of their bad decision-making, because they can't find good players. They can't find good marginal pieces. I'll, I'll also
2: go to C-minus. Positive spending money, negative who they spent on positive, being honest and um, putting resources in there. Jordan Poole is a positive for the front office. Wantsconi-Anderson is a positive for the front office. Negative, I do think they passed on the best player in the draft. I'm just – I think Wiseman's good. I think LaMelo might be a franchise player, which is a difference. Um, Negative, they did not make enough moves during the season. So, I'm going to stick with the C-. We already talked about the front office for half the pod. So, let's move to Steve.
1: Steve Kerr. Three chips. Three chips, Steve. Oh, you're going to make me go first. All right. All right. all right. Um, honestly, I give him a D. This was, not a good, this was not a good year for Steve Kerr. It really wasn't. And if you go into this season, there's only a couple of things that I think you feel are most important this season. Number one, making the postseason, right? I think that's bare minimum. You got Steph. You got Draymond. Didn't do it. Number two, develop James Wiseman. Didn't do it. We just talked about it. So, if those are the two things that you come into the season, what did, we, what did he really do well? People are going to say Jordan Poole. Did Steve Kerr actually develop Jordan Poole, Sam? I don't think so. They sent Jordan Poole's ass back to the G League. And then Jordan Poole gained his confidence, came back up. And was so fantastic.
2: You're putting me in the position of defending Kerr. This is um, what I do, baby. This is what I do. I'm going to go with a C for Steve because at least he adapted. Did he adapt at the speed when? I would have wanted? No. At the end of the season. he The did last play 20 play, games. Last he did play games. Jordan Poole. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He, he deserves right. credit for w- Wiggins' growth. Like, the coaching staff objectively deserves credit for what they did with That's Wiggins' fair. defense. That's fair. He deserves credit for Wontesconi-Anderson. He deserves – he also deserves – um a lot of criticism for early part of the season, not chasing wins, a lot of the terrible rotations and waiting way too long to come around on a lot of the stuff that was quite frankly, obvious to most people that they needed. even to the front do. office. And that's part of the reason they ended up in the play-in instead of the, in making the playoffs. So Correct. I can't give them anything better than that. I mean, yeah, maybe I'll give him a C minus him in the front office, one in the same, as I always say, <laughs> like, yeah. You can't give one credit without the other. You can't give one blame without the other either. So. Yep. 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 Let's get to the players. Um, this one, this one goes without saying. Stephen Curry.
1: The only thing I will say about Steph is uh, I don't like the, this is just the greatest season he's ever had uh, stuff. I get it. He was amazing. A plus, A plus, 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 plus. Yeah. For the season down. But he's won three championships, man. He's won two MVPs. Like he's been amazing. This season, it is disappointing. It is very disappointing that they didn't make the postseason not his fault. But I guess the only thing I will say is like great season, not his best season. I'm hoping that next season will be his best season. Um, but yeah, I mean it was incredible. It's incredible what he did.
2: There's not enough superlatives to not enough to uh describe how good his season was. Thirty-two points per game efficiently while being triple teamed most of the time. His performance against the Lakers probably is on par with LeBron's game one finals performance in 2018, where they lost, in my opinion, he was better than both AD and LeBron combined in that game, but they ended up coming up short because they didn't have enough talent. Like that Lakers team was tripling him and they could not stop him from getting efficient shots off. So I think he was phenomenal. I just leaves a sour taste in my mouth where the whole thing
1: ended. I think that's, that's, you said it best for me. I think that's, it's, I can't stop saying how great Steph is, and we've been doing this for years on this podcast. It just hurts watching him lead this team to a play-in game and losing, and you, you fault the guy. Like, the thing is, like, with the Grizzlies, he could even get shots off in overtime because they throw two at him in half court. In a game-winning situation, Sam, and there's so many scenarios of this, in a game-winning situation, tie game, 10 seconds left. They doubled Steph at half court and gave Draymond Green, not just a wide open three, but a wide open mid range jump shot, not just a wide open mid range jump shot, but a wide open floater. And Draymond decided to miss all of those. Right. And that's in, that's in, but I'm saying like that hurts because that is in both teams, biggest like moment. That's the biggest moment. Memphis said, I really don't care.
3: We will lose
1: to Draymond. Like we really don't care. And, and we'll get to Draymond in about 10 seconds, but like that shows to me how great Steph is and uh, get this motherfucker some help. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the, that's the, that's get a- some
2: ball handling, get some shot creation. I, I If I see a roster where only him <laughs> and Jordan pool can dribble next year, I'll be so mad. Um, I right, green. What
1: do you give him? Um, I think I, I, I think I give him a B minus, um, because, uh, the beginning of the season, he had a, kind of a tale of kind of three seasons. First was, was COVID and then kind of the, the rustiness. Second one was, I think he got over COVID. He was just terrible. Um, he wouldn't shoot. He wouldn't really, I don't know what he was doing. He was rondoing. And then the third part of the season, amazing. Amazing, right? He was scoring a little bit, incredible defensively, championship level defense, um, passing great, making all the right decisions. And then, um, you know, we just talked about the ending there, but I'll give that a B minus, Sam. I'll I'll, I'll kind of take away some, I'll use COVID as some of the excuse portion but um i'll let you talk about the rest because i know you i know you're ready c plus
2: b minus i'm right about there um on the one hand his defense was phenomenal it was probably 95 percent of what it was at its absolute apex peak you know what i'm saying um what he did to anthony davis in the play-in game was impressive like he was phenomenal on the other hand the, it's hard to overlook the offense man and you know like the defining play of the season will be him airballing a floater or like bricking a floater off the backboard and those are things that's like dude we're not asking you to score 15 points a game we're asking you to make layups and occasionally hit open three-pointers if you could do both those things they're probably a five seed even with uh, everything else going on and so because of that 90% of the issues they have in the off season are related to the fact that they need to figure out very specific fits around Draymond, not Steph, Draymond. And so for that, I can be minus C plus. Um, it's the same thing for me, you know, yep. either, any way you slice the immigrant parents are going to yell at you. So, um,
1: all right, let's go to wigs. Two way, two way wigs. Um, I'll kick it off. B. He's the definition of a B-level player. Like, that's who he is. I kind of take away the contract now. I'd say the contract's whatever. But – isn't he just an average basketball player? That's kind of who he is. He's he got a lot better defensively. You know, he shot a lot better. Shot almost forty percent from three, just a few percentage points below. But you're not relying on the guy to do anything more than that, right? In the world's in the in the game's biggest sequence. most
2: athletic man on the court, but he's just going to take jumpers.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. But he also has a, had a few big plays, like in the the battle for the eight seed. He was pretty good in that game against Memphis. Pretty damn good. He wasn't shook. And then he comes back against Memphis a few days later, and and just kind of just shoots a ball off the side of the backboard. And the, like, that's who he is. But like that's that's who Wiggs is, right? He's I agree with you. Pretty yeah. fun, athletic. We know and, uh, like you can put KD next to him and Clay next to him next season. He's gonna be the same player. I'll give him a I, B.
2: And I think a B is a victory for Wiggs because most people yeah. give him like a C minus or D for his Minnesota years. Yes. So uh, here's the reality of Wiggins. He's a B player making A money, and mm-hmm. because of that. I will never consider him untradeable because it's a capped sport and there's just only so many avenues to add talent. So he's always going to be like vulnerable to the trade machine and those things. But anyway, but honestly, he's probably the coaching staff's biggest victory. Like they did get Andrew Wiggins to live up to his potential on defense. They didn't change him offensively, but he takes less shots. So that just means less mid range jumpers. Um, if he ever figured out just going to the whole hard and using his athleticism a little more, he'd probably be an all-star, but it's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. He's just who he is. He's going to use his athleticism on defense and he's going to settle for jumpers on offense a little bit.
1: I think we're okay with that. I I think I'm, 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 maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, Sam, but I I think I'm living with that from now on. I'll be okay with that. If he does the same thing next year,
2: it's like Harrison Barnes in the sense of, um, you, you, once you let go of the idea that they can yeah. be great and accept them for what they are, is actually a pretty productive, useful player.
1: Yeah. Just, you know, just in your head, just never say, you know, if he would just, just drive to the rim every game, like, just don't say that. Why think that? Cause if you do, you're only, you're hurting yourself. So yeah, man, it's like,
2: uh, it's like how you tell yourself every week, like next week I'm starting my, I'm going to the gym at 6am every day. And it doesn't happen. Why? You know? Why? Well, you do. It just doesn't no, not I don't. But um it's that kind of like, you know, sometimes you have to be realistic. All right. Let's get to uh James Wiseman. Let's do Wiseman
1: next. Oh, this is a really tough one. I I I just I don't know where to go with this one. Can I choose incomplete? I want to choose incomplete. Dude, you're you're reading my mind. This is
2: I actually did not ask Andy for any of his grades beforehand, but
1: that's literally where I was at. I want to do it because, you know, number one, I, I don't put the struggles on him and, and, and it's hard to blame him for it. I put a lot of his, I put like 80% of the struggles, 75%, three quarters of the struggles on the coaching staff and how they, uh, how they developed him and how they used him. And then the injury, the injury was stuff, and, and he also had COVID. So let's put all those things together. And it's, and it's those, I don't know if he had COVID he, he, anyway, whatever it was, he was out for a while, didn't have a training camp, all that stuff comes together. And I'm just like, I can't give him an A. I can't give him a C. I definitely can't give him an F. So it's like he showed enough flashes, but I also he showed enough flashes of not being good. Incomplete. Sam, I just, I can't. I don't know what to do with him.
2: That's how I feel too. I'm going to give him an incomplete. I mean, okay, fine. I'll give him a grade since you (laughs) won't. I'm giving him a C. (laughs) And that's based on number two pick. It's not his fault that picks after him were better, but you would expect a player... With his skill set, to be a little stronger mentally and not kind of tailspin the way he did, there are reasons for it. I don't blame him. It, I think he's an incomplete, but as far as rookie seasons go, average, average is C. Yep. Okay. Um, I felt
1: bad even doing that.
2: Okay,
1: up thirty. Kelly Ubre. This was probably the second toughest guy to grade, because I genuinely like enjoy Kelly Oubre. He's funny. best fits. Did you see the mesh fit that he had after the the Memphis? It's just incredible. It's just game in game out. A plus on the fits. Um, and he's absolutely bought a mesh shirt, thinking he could pull it off. I, I I just you know that's probably the one thing I think I can't pull off, I think. see um, C, C, C to C minus with Kelly Oubre. And this is another one I think he's close to Wiseman where I don't know if he was put in the right situation. Um, the, t- the team should have known he's, he's kind of a brain cadet, skate space cadet. Like, you don't make, have him make decisions. You just have him play defense. But on the other hand, it's like he's not 19. He's in his mid-20s. He should understand how to play better basketball than he does today uh, with how much, how much basketball he's actually played in his life. Um, with Kelly Oubre, the thing I would say is he's never been bad enough to understand he has to play basketball differently. I think Juan Toscano has, right? He, Juan Toscano understands that he has to pass. Right. He has to defend. Kelly Oubre is good enough to say, I'm making 15 mil for the rest of my life. I'm not going to do anything better than I need to today. I and can I get 15
2: points in my yep. sleep because I'm bigger and more athletic than you. Yep. Yeah. And he
1: can shoot a little bit. Like, So he's not going to get any better. I think that's the problem. So I can't cut him that much slack. So I give him a C, C minus in that range.
2: Once again, I am aligned with you. C C grade, he had some good moments, 40 points first. For
1: <laughs> you know what the funny thing is,
2: he was a B to B plus when he played power forward, and he was a D to D minus when he played shooting guard. Shooting guard. Yeah. And that kind of sums it up. If you make him a play finisher where he uses athleticism and doesn't have to make decisions, he's pretty effective. When you let him use his length on defense, he's effective. When you ask him to think and do um it just it, things associated with playmaking and just more advanced stuff it, it's not going to work it's not who he is so um sees where he stands he's kind of an average player honestly and
1: is what it is I don't think he'll be back next year all right Steph Poole wiggins at the three uber at the four and draymond at the five would have been fun against memphis like as him as the play finisher instead of juan Descano anderson turning the ball over and we'll get to him soon like i think that would have been fun like him as a four and the play finisher against memphis would have been awesome he would have made some dumbass plays but like that's every warriors player outside actually that's every warriors player right so but Uh, at least he'll at
2: least he'll dunk the ball at least he'll dunk the ball instead of throwing a floater off the glass um
1: (laughs) all right we got a couple more no, Looney, kidding. Looney, uh, a, I think easy a, number one stayed healthy all season. Started the season pretty poorly. I gotta admit, he was pretty hard to watch to start the season. Um, he's someone like Wiggins, where, look, if you want the guy to average like eight points a game, you're just you're only playing yourself, right? You're only gonna get disappointed. But he's a guy that to me, good defense, solid enough rebounding, hips healthy, and passes to Steph like. He does all those good things, and uh, I think for a guy that's making five million dollars, I mean, he shouldn't be starting, but he's kind of put in that role. I think he deserves an A. Sam, I think it's pretty cut and dry. I'm gonna give him a B, and
2: the only reason I'm giving him a B is I think he's capable of hitting open jump shots, not uh, not at a high clip, not at a. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm not. I don't think he's going to be Carl Anthony Towns or anything out here. But I do think he's capable of hitting an open jump shot. And he ne- he didn't add that to his game this year. He did everything else you could possibly ask of
1: Looney. But I would like to see him come back with the semblance of a three point shot. He is not 34. Like if you're 34, you can say I don't need to develop a three. But he's young enough to where it's like, dude, you need to add some to your game. You're right. You're right. He needs to add some a little more because he's not he's not 35. Even though he plays and looks that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He does need to add some Draymond too. All uh, right, uh, Jordan Poole. Whew. Crazy thing about Jordan Poole is he started the season pretty poorly. Um, he he's another guy who had two different seasons. Yeah, like two entirely different. But I, I think A plus. I don't even care about the beginning of the season. A plus. The confidence, the, the the maturity, the mentality that he has in in a playoff game against the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Honestly, those two games. That's all I needed to see. Was it just told me, first of all, he's the second best guy on the team at scoring and handling getting to the rim, right? Um, even if Clay's there. Like I Jordan Poole might be that guy. And uh big shots, big shots, big free throws, uh competed. I mean, what more can you want from a 21-year-old? So easy A, I think, for Jordan Poole. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a B plus. Oh,
2: I think the early part of the season has to be counted against so him. He gets an A for the second half, a C plus for the first half. I'll give him a tough B plus greater, total. Crazy. Hey, man, I have to separate myself from you in some capacity. I blame Steve. I blame Steve for the first half of the I season. I do too. Um, but even in the second half of the season, the consistency isn't where I'd want right. it. But right. I was willing to honestly, I'm willing to have a B plus Jordan Poole, and I'd be fine with that. Like he's a good and I actually think he has a higher ceiling than people think. And I think you know, Steve Kerr is saying he can be the sixth man next year. I think he's going to end up being better in the sixth man. It might not happen next year, but I do think he's an NBA starter long-term. And, um, you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Good for the front office for IDing it. Uh, we can call him a win. As I said earlier, it's not that they don't have wins. It's that they have not had enough. It reminds me a little of the Giants where it's like, well, we found um, Derek Rodriguez. It's like, all right, other teams find 10 players, you know, like wow. you can't well like, done. You, you can't, you know, like, the the issue isn't that they don't find guys. The issue is that they do not find enough guys at the rate that other better teams do. Wow. Derek anyway.
1: Rodriguez. Very well done. Yvonne Rodriguez son. He is. Yeah. Pudge, wow. my man. Uh all right. Wow. Baysmore I'm in awe. That was well done. Um, I think a B. I was I was thinking Duffy, but then I decided to go with the Derrick Roger. Duffy's still in the league. Crazy. He's still, he's not bad. Um, but another utility guy, right? That's all he is. Like Dubon is, is probably his comp at best. Um, Basemore, I think a B. I was frustrated watching Basemore every single every single time I watched Basemore. I honestly felt like I wanted to kill myself. Um, but shot very well from three. Tried really hard defensively. Fouled a lot. Like Basemore was kind of like we watch how Dylan Brooks play basketball, right? He makes a lot of plays, makes a lot of dumb plays, but he plays really hard. On a minimum contract. So the frustration level, I think, on a game-to-game basis will have you thinking Bazemore is an F, but when you zoom out and look at it from like a how – much, how much the guy's playing for and, and kind of what he does for the team, I got to give the guy a B. I got to. I think that's fair too.
2: Bazemore's biggest issue is that the front office also signed Dubre and has Wiggins. Like Bazemore is more than adequate for a league minimum wing. He plays engaged defense. He actually shot the ball incredibly well
1: this year. What do you think Bazemore shot on the season? His three was like almost 40%, wasn't it, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? It was, wasn't it like 38, 39? It was something insane. Try again.
2: 40. Oh, 41%. No. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, like,
2: you're not going to get better than that. Like, you, no, you were hoping no. for over 37. You were like, if he shoots thirty-seven percent, I'll be very happy with him. But you have the same issues. He's not really a decision maker. It's a little erratic. He'll foul a little too much. But with all that said, I think he had a good season. I think he's just—he's a victim of being asked to do too much. Otherwise, I'd be happy if he was on the Warriors next year, maybe playing five to ten miss, less minutes a game. Right? Yep. Yep. All right. I'm gonna do. Um, actually, do we even need to do the let's do Juan toscano Anderson and then we'll leave everyone else alone.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh JTA, I think another A. I think the only problem with JTA this season has been, I guess, two things. Number one is I don't think Steve Kirk gets credit for JTA. I think JTA was benched for far too long on this team. Um, maybe they help him in one more game, maybe two, but those games are pretty damn important, right? Um, so I think JTA a right it's just an absolute a plus um the problem moving forward with jta would probably be he reminds you so much of draymond just so much and in, in in those two final games there in those win now not like, wanting to shoot the ball yeah. yeah that was just really it really he was shooting the ball well all season he was confident enough to shoot but he kind of um he kind of lost it there for a second can't blame the guy but he's also 20 years old it's not like he's 22 so um, but A-plus, A-plus, easy A-plus. Incredible, uh, incredible uh, glue guy.
2: I will give him an A also. Uh, best story of the season behind Steph Curry, just local guy, caught on. He is an NBA player. He deserves to be in a rotation. Um, we were doing grades and not what we want them to improve on in the offseason, but, like, I just want to throw that in there. I want to see Juan chuck the ball. I w- Juan shot 40% from three this year, but he only took 92 total attempts. He took three per 36 minutes. So if he started, he would have took two and a half to three a game. I really need Juan to like double that and let it fly a little more. Because if he wants to play more in this lineup, if he wants to play more minutes for the Warriors, he needs to be a guy who hits open threes. He can't be the guy who's hesitating, looking for a pass all the time, waiting for Steph to run off of a bazillion screens. Although we do enjoy that. Um, He has to have a little more confidence shooting the ball. And unlike Draymond, who I don't think his shot will ever come back in any capacity. I don't think Juan's shot's broken. I think he it's can. Not. Let's put it this way. If Juan shot 37% on double the volume, that would be better than shooting 40% being selective. So that's what I want to see next year. If he can do
1: that, he might, He you might want to just start him, honestly. I think at the very least, you're closing with him um, if that happens. So all in all, I mean the season, what probably a C. I think we can close it out here. D, probably D, C probably they didn't make Ooh. the playoffs.
2: It yeah. was it's it's not acceptable. I, I think the way they didn't the only reason I don't fail is because they were legitimately a playoff team record-wise. Like they they did. They won 39 games out of 72. That paces for a 46-win team. Honestly, considering the talent, that's pretty good. But um you know the result is what it is you don't get you don't get exclamation you don't, you don't get brownie points for doing a mediocre job you know like and not making the
1: playoffs so I don't think they get a good grade I think it's a D. harsh can't disagree you don't make the playoffs you don't develop the players the right way you don't get the call your season success very very simple so but the good news is they got Steph Uh, They got Draymond, they got Clay coming back, and they got chips this offseason to make some moves. So we'll be back. We'll probably talk about the offseason a lot, obviously, in the next coming weeks.